headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. This is The Ramsey Show. It's where we help you win, specifically with your money, your work, and your relationships. All those go together to live that meaningful life, to have the life that you've dreamed of. 888-825-5225 is the phone number. I'm Ken Coleman. Jade Warshaw joins me. And we are here for you this hour, 888-825-5225. Let's get it started right out of the gate with Milwaukee, Wisconsin is where Emily is. Emily, how can we help? Hi, thanks for having me on. You guys are really awesome to listen to. It's been great. Well, thank you. What's going on? (laughs) I had a question. Um, My husband and I... Uh, we've been, we've been together for twelve years. We're high school sweethearts. We've Aww. been married. It'll be two years in June. Okay. Uh, just only question that I have is uh, we, I guess like twenty twenty one. I bought a house. Uh, we didn't have him on it because his my mom kind of helped and uh, said you know just have you on it because your credit score is higher than his. If his is lower, you're going to get like a lower loan. So and you weren't uh, married yet, right? No, we were engaged, and now I see that was dumb later, like, because no, it didn't work out. No, no that was right. <laughs> we, agree that, with, no. we agree with mom. I agree with mom on that. Oh, okay. All right. Um, but so now, we, now, um, now, when I had, like, my, uh, I had to pay property taxes, I'm like, oh, it's still, like, in my old name. It's just me. Should I add them to the deed? Is that going to affect anything if, if something, like, happens? Would it go to him? Because I talked to my property manager lady that's in, uh, not property manager, mortgage lady, and she said that it's a marital state, so if anything happens, to go to him. But would it matter if he's on the deed or not since we're married now? I would definitely add him to the deed. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes him an owner because right now he doesn't own it. It's He's not an owner of your house, only you are. Um and so for that reason, and I kind of flipped the script in my mind. I'm like, if if I met yeah. Sam and he had a house and I was like, hey, can can you put me on the deed? And he said, no, that would definitely affect me. It would affect him because he'd be on the moon. But I was going to say, me. I believe that you would smack him right upside the head. Yeah. On that. yeah. Um, so just I think for you guys to really feel like one unit and one, uh, I would definitely add him to the deed. Um, and then it does strike up a bigger conversation of just, you know, uh, with what did you say you talked to a lawyer or real estate about this uh, her mortgage professional mortgage professional yeah. mortgage person yeah yeah and those she are- says if i were to do that i would have to go to the attorney and rewrite the deed and it cost maybe uh some money to do that yeah but she's like you really don't need to do that because it's marital property so he has half and that's like, oh, true okay. that's but i just true. wasn't sure i you know i would put his name on it um, I'm the type of person I just like stuff to be sealed tight. I I want both people's names on the deed. Yeah. I'm I have a will, and in the will everything is specific. So if you don't have that now that you're married for sure, everybody needs a will. But now that you're married for sure, the two of you need to get a, a will um separate that lists what each other wants, and you both need to make sure you have life insurance. Those are the three things yep. that are really important uh, when you join life and join finances. And they're just three things that really say, listen. I love you and I want to love you well in the, in those ways. Yeah. Emily, I, I, and we actually just got a, term life insurance. Oh, nice. good. That's good. what I'm talking about. That was really helpful. Oh, yeah. good job. I completely agree with Jade. I, if you're looking for what we think, that's it. 
And uh, it's just the right way to do it. And, and it's easy and it's not that expensive. That's right. So, you That's know, right. It's, this is not one of those convenience issues. You just never know. Here's the other thing. You never know what the state legislator is going to do. Are you keeping up with that? Uh-huh. The will and the deed will take care of all of this and get it get it mm-hmm. snapped up mm-hmm. nice and tight. Uh, Brianna, if I got that right, in Superior, Wisconsin, how can we help? Hi, thank you for having me. You bet. Did I say your name right? Yes, you did. Oh, I'm hooked on phonics. It's very exciting. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know that. How can we help today? Um, so I'm just trying. So I'm 20 years old, and I'm trying to find the best way possible that I can um, pay off my debt and hopefully encourage my boyfriend to do the same. Whoa. Um, Let's start with just yeah. you. <laughs> That's two different yeah. calls. <laughs> that is, that is. But look, I'm glad that you're looking out for your guy as well. Um, yes. <laughs> tell us a little bit about your situation. Um. So, like I said, I'm 20. I ended up taking out a credit card and a loan right after high school. So probably a year after high school, so I was 19. Mm-hmm. Pretty much my whole childhood, my parents have kind of were like, you know, being an adult, you'd take out credit cards, you'd right. take out loans, and I kind of thought that that's what you had to do to jumpstart your life no. as an adult. You're not and, alone. <laughs> walk us, uh, give yeah. Jade your, your your smallest to largest debts. Can you walk us through all those one at a time? Smallest yeah. to largest. Um, so I have two um, bank credit cards, so... Um, the first one that payoff is $500. That was my first one that I took out. I have a second credit card that is $300 to pay off. And then I have, um, a store credit card that is also $300 to pay off. Okay. What about this other loan? Um, so I have a four wheeler loan that I ended up taking out. Uh, when I was 19, so a little over a year ago, um, it was $3,500, okay. I think, with um, maybe a 4 or 6% interest rate. I haven't checked it. Um, Is it still $3,500, or have you paid it down? Um, it's So my boyfriend actually ended up taking out the loan himself. Um, but I, my parents were telling me, if you really want to help your credit out, you should probably move that four-wheeler loan onto your name. So what? when we did move it over, it what ended up uh, we uh, we ended up having to pay the full amount and start from scratch. Oh, again. wonderful <laughs> advice! Way to go, mom, dad. Come on now. Wow. Okay, yep. <laughs> so now you've got the thirty-five hundred dollar four-wheeler. It's back in your name where it started. Yeah, <laughs> you've got yep. the two credit cards for three hundred and the credit card for five hundred. Is there anything else? Student loans, cars. Hopefully, um, I do not. not have any student loans or cars. Luckily, Good. my parents uh, bought me a nice car when I was in high school, so I still drive that. Is it paid off? With it. Um, or are they making payments for not, you? They're the one that are. They're the ones that are making payments for me. Um, okay, I want to. So I'm going to ask more car. about that. Um, do you know what the car is worth? By the way, I'm just curious. Um, it's a 2016 Outback, so it's probably, I think I checked, it's probably around the six to $8,000 mark okay. on Kelly Blue Book. Okay. Especially with the miles on it. And, um, okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, you've got a lot of debt to pay off. It's not a lot, you know, you're 20 years old, but yeah. it's a lot for a 20 year old. What are you earning real quick? Yeah. 
Just tell me what you make every um, month. So I take home about twenty-two to $2,500 a month. Okay. So All right, tell you what, Brown, we're running up against a break, and I want Jade to be able to walk you through how to knock this out. Thanks, so, Ken. we got to do a quick commercial break. When we come back, it's Jade and Brianna, and we're going to show her how she gets out of this debt you gonna learn pretty today. quickly. So don't move. This is The Ramsey Show. I've recommended Simply Safe Home Security for years, and over that time, they've just gotten better and better while remaining an amazing value. Their monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. Plus, unlike traditional home security providers, Simply Safe has no contract and no hidden fees. So don't wait to protect your home. Visit simplysafedirect.com right now and get a special 20% off. Simplysafedirect.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. And Jade Warshaw joins me this hour. Thrilled to have you with us. The phone number to jump in is 888-825-5225. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Winter is rougher in some areas of the country than others, but there are things that make sense to do no matter where you live. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Thank Brianna. you, James. All right. No, it's okay. But this is live radio, and I'm okay with it. James, our fearless leader, reminded me we still have Brianna on the line. Where would we be without you, James? Well, Someone I'll reminded me to remind you, so it wasn't even me. Probably in the <laughs> ditch. Uh, that We would drive the truck right into the ditch. Okay, so we'll skip the neighborly question of the day for, for right now. now. We'll get back to it. I know you all love to hear me read. Uh, <laughs> but uh, here's where we were. Okay, so let me set us up. James, thank you for reminding me, or Austin or whoever. Uh, okay, so Brianna called in. Yes. And she doesn't have a ton of debt. I think I heard a, a 500, a 500, and a 300. Something like Some yeah. credit cards, not a lot. Very low. And then she's got a $3,500 uh, four-wheeler loan, mm-hmm. and I think that's it. And so... Yeah, we started talking about her income. Right. So now Jay's going to walk her through uh, how she's going to pay this debt off. So, Brianna, are you still there? Yep. All right. Okay. Take it away, Jade. Okay. So you had just told us that you're making twenty five hundred a month, correct? Yep. Okay. Good. Um, and what's your living situation? You're living with the boyfriend, or no? Yep. Okay. Yep. And you, I'm and, living with them. And you guys are split splitting rent, or does he like own a house or something? Um. So we live in what they call a luxury flat. Um. We're actually paying pretty cheap rent in our area. So uh, separately, we're paying uh, six, uh, 600 a month. Okay, uh, so that's in total. pretty cheap. Okay. Yep. So in total, it's um, almost $1,200 okay. for a studio. Okay, great. Yep. So you're not like overly extended on your, um, on your rent per se. Um, yep. I would like if it was... Six. Here's the thing: six hundred dollars in mm-hmm. normal life is great. Uh, when you're making twenty five hundred, it's it's a little more, mm-hmm. right? So the the cure the yeah. cure here is you're not going to find anything cheaper than six hundred. So you've got to get your income up for more reasons than just the mm-hmm. rent. Also, so that you can uh, start making headway on paying off this debt. What is your what's the job? Because I want Ken to jump in here because I can tell you right now the formula is find more work so that you can increase your income so that you can pay off these debts quickly. Because at the end of the month, after you've paid your bills, uh, 
I don't know why I want to say your name wrong, Brianna, after you've paid your bills, after you've bought groceries, after you've done the things that you need to do, how much money do you have left over? Um, so for the week, I probably have around 250. 250 200. each week? Each week? Yep. Okay. Yep. So right now, I mean, that's not actually, that's not bad. You can take that. You should be done with, you know, one and a half, one to one and three quarters of the credit cards, right? Because it's two, three hundred dollar yeah. ones. So you could have the majority of both of those paid off this month. And then next month you'll pay off the other credit card. And then you just walk on down the line and it's going to take you uh, six, seven months to pay off the loan that you have. And then technically you're out of debt. But then what I want you to start thinking about real quickly is what it looks like. Because I, you know, your parents can do what they want to do, but I hate that they're in debt on your account, on your, at your expense. (laughs) So you might want to ask them about, listen, what are your plans to, to paying off this car? Or I'd like to be in a situation where I'm not causing you to be in, in debt on my behalf and figure out what that looks like car-wise. Maybe you buy them out and you're just done with it and now you own the car outright. But I would be looking into that since you've said, you know, I'm here I am, I'm on my own. And if you're on your own, then they don't need to be in debt for you. That's just Jade's two cents. Ken, take I, it away. I actually agree with that. Uh, I think it's time for you to grow up. And it's a very nice gesture that they made, but they're not making good financial decisions. I mean, they're the ones that recommended you get a four-wheeler or or finance the four-wheeler or whatever that nonsense was. So I agree with Jade on that. Um, Let's talk about the bigger shovel. This is the term that Dave has kind of popularized to say we got to get more income so that we get out of debt faster, save and invest at a much greater rate. That's something you're interested in, yes or no? Yeah. All right. What do you do now for work? Um, uh, I am an automotive detailer. Okay. Automotive detailer. You're making how much an hour? Um, I currently make 1750, uh, plus tips. Okay. And what's your long-term ideas? I'll bet you've got two or three or maybe four ideas of what you would like to do. Cause I know you don't want to stay in auto detailing. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I, I really, I really like the job, uh, but it's kind of iffy uh, in the summertime yeah. and fall and spring. Mm. People, you know, we're pretty booked up, so well, I get it's it. pretty much a point. What, what would you um, like to do? Five. I mean, if you could try something totally new next week, and you didn't have to commit to it for the next thirty years of your life, and you knew you weren't going to screw up, meaning you were going to do fine, you were going to enjoy it. What would you try? Um, probably something in the woodworking or welding industry. Um, Very interesting. Very interesting. (laughs) I love that. And you know what's interesting? There's a tie-in to the fact that you enjoy detailing cars. The the, the operating word here for you, Brianna, for for a long term for you is you're about details. And when you're working with your hands and your eyes to get into details to make something look aesthetically pleasing. So that could be the woodworking or uh, welding something that's fixing something or designing something. That's really appealing to you, yes? Yeah. That's great. So here's the deal. I want to see you making steps. I want you doing exactly what Jade told you to do, okay? But right now we're looking to pick up maybe a second or a third job. I don't think you have to have three jobs, but I would tell you, a $20 to $22 an hour job is around Superior, Wisconsin, and it's not going to require a college degree. And mm-hmm. that's going to change our situation really quick. But that's short term. Mm-hmm. Long term, I want you going, all right, 
what does it look like for me to move into woodworking or welding? So I'm going to give you my book called The Proximity Principle, and here's what it says. In order to do what Brianna wants to do, she's got to be around people that are doing it and in places where it's happening. So in the next 30 days, I'm going to challenge you. All right, I'm going to give you the book. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll inspire you to do it and tell you what to do. But it's just as simple as you getting around somebody that's in woodworking, somebody that's in welding. Hey, how'd you get into it? What are the qualifications? Do I need to go to a trade school? The answer is yes for welding. Uh, I'm not sure about woodworking, but if you got some natural talent, you start doing some side projects, helping out a woodworker, maybe being a you know an assistant where you get paid. Now I've got more money to pay off my debt to get my emergency fund fully funded, but I'm learning the trade of woodworking. Or I'm going to take a welding school after I get out of debt and after I get uh, the emergency fund fully funded, and I'm going to pay my way through welding school, and I'm going to come out, and I'm probably going to be starting in the fifty-five dollars to $65,000 range with a path to six figures and maybe owning your own welding business. Come on now. Brianna, now I just talked a lot. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? Um, it, I mean, it's 100% possible. I just need someone to, you know, kind of give me a little shove in the right direction. I'm shoving you. I'm shoving you. <laughs> if I shove you anymore, I'm not a gentleman. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. we're going to have to call the cops. That's right. Well, I got my friend here. She's going to keep me in check. What I am saying is I absolutely believe that that path is possible for you. I'm going to give you the book, which will stay with you as some accountability. Okay. Uh-huh. But what I'm saying is. You need to decide which one of those paths, and the way you decide is by hanging out with people that are doing it, and you find out the good, the bad, the ugly, and your head and heart get together, and you go ding, 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 or like yeah. from Family Feud. And once you figure out which direction you want to go, you go, all right, what does it take to get qualified? I got an answer. I got a target, and I'm going to walk the baby steps right into that next future for me, yes. that, that, that future where I could be a six-figure earner, a multi-millionaire because you're going to invest in baby step four. That's so, good, Ken. It's doable. Hang on the line. We'll give you the book, The Proximity Principle. Uh, close us out with a little rah-rah there to Brian. You know, I just want to let her know, whenever I have a boyfriend-girlfriend living together, I, you know, she's paying $600, but truly it's $1,200. I want to make sure she gets to the point that she can handle that rent on her own because I never want somebody to feel like, oh, we were sharing this place together, and I can't go anywhere because yeah. I can't afford it. So right. get that income up, girl. Yeah. And I'm old school. Come on, ladies. Make that guy put a ring on it. Okay. This is the Ramsey Show. You've been gazelle intense. You've eaten more beans and rice than you knew existed. And now you're ready to make your biggest investment better. Blinds.com is a great way to dress up a room or your entire home. Whether you like do-it-yourself projects or you don't even know what a Phillips head screwdriver is, trust Blinds.com to take care of you like Ramsey would. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or let Blinds.com's professionals handle everything for you. Blinds.com offers a completely hassle-free experience. Count on them to deliver stylish window treatments from premium brands without the premium markup. And you can count on free shipping, free samples, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee so you can rest easy. That's why we've recommended Blinds.com for over 10 years. Shop Blinds.com right now and get up to 45% off. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. Jade Warshaw joins me. 888-825-5225 is the phone number. 888-825-5225. Let's go to Daytona, Florida. And Daniel is there. Daniel, how can we help? 
Yeah, how you doing? Good. How are you, sir? I'm all right. Great. What's um, up? I have a question. I'm uh, trying to make a decision. I'm, I'm 45 years old. My wife is 36. Um, we recently got married this past November. We've been together almost five years. Mm-hmm. Um, we are about $128,000 in debt between like personal uh, debt and then debt for my businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in, she's a nurse. She had a, uh, a, uh, nursing a supply store that she had went into business for. Okay. And that failed. So we have debt from that. Um, I'm a barber and I have a CDL. So I've been the past, say two, three years, I've been jumping in and out of barbering and trucking, trying to, you know, decide which, um, field I, I want to stay in. Okay. And I'm in the same situation. Like I'm, Right now, with the debt, I'm scared. I'm a little nervous, and I'm about to jump back into trucking, and I really don't want to. But that is like steady income for me. How and much I'm more about the barbering? How, yeah, how much steady more? Income? How much more does the trucking allow you to make than if you were to stay yeah. in the barbering? All right, right now I, I go off the numbers. Right, last year in barbering, um, I made maybe about twenty six thousand. Mm-hmm. And then if I go into trucking and um, I stay in it for a full year, I can sort of make anywhere from sixty-five to eighty, depending on how hard I run. Okay. But but the trade-off is that you know I'm in the truck weeks at a time away right. from home. Right. Right. But so I'm jumping in as we go, okay? Because we're covering some. Okay. You, no this problem. is a work question, but we got some debt we need to take care of. So um, if I'm you, I'm going to jump in the truck because it's the quickest route for me to juice my income. And we're talking about maybe as much as almost four times the income. And you don't have to be in that truck forever, but it is but mm-hmm. is absolutely the possibility. I don't think you have to leave uh, barbering forever. Maybe, maybe you mm-hmm. won't have much time to do it on the weekends when you're not in the truck. If you do, I'd be cutting hair as that second gig. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, let's go all in on the trucking to get that income up so we can start to clean up this $128,000 mess. Now, you mentioned your wife is in nursing or was, did did nursing school, is she a nurse right now? Yes, she is. What's her income? Um, Don't know off the uh, top of my head, but I can tell you what she, uh, her two weeks, her last paycheck for two weeks was deposited was $2,500. Okay, so around $5,000 a month? Okay. Yes. And uh, you don't know this because I'm guessing you guys aren't on a budget, or am I wrong? No, you're right. You're correct. All right. So um, uh, I'm going to bring Jade in here, and let's walk through these numbers because we got to pay the 128 off. But um, do you understand what I'm saying? Are you with me on the trucking thing? That's not a long-term play, but that's your best short-term play? Yes, and I just needed somebody to, to confirm that because I was feeling, you know, uh, conflicted about it. But, you know, hearing you say that, it, it yeah. reassures me. And I get it. You love yes. being a barber, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But listen, yes, this time in the truck is going to allow you to figure out what is it that I'm going to have to do differently next time around to make more than $26,000 because you're worth way more than $26,000. And so we got to figure out how to do that better next time around. And uh, it might be, after we get this debt paid off, it might be staying in the truck a little bit longer 
to figure out how do I turn that business into more money? But Jade, I know you wanted to jump in. Because here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we have an opportunity to to test two concepts right now, Ken. I agree. Number one, if you for the for the year just started, right? We're still pretty fresh and new in this new year. If you do the driver yeah. thing and you hit somewhere in the middle and you make seventy thousand dollars a year, and your wife's a nurse, she's making sixty thousand a year, so you're at one thirty. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. live like you're only making twenty six k on that barber money, Bingo. and you use everything else to start paying off this debt, and you're out of debt in the next two and a half years, or I'm sorry, in the next one and a half years, you'll you'll know then that when you're done paying off this debt, okay, I can, if we wanted to take the financial hit mm-hmm. and me strike out as a barber, I know I have this baseline of customers and I can just build from there. At least you'll know financially you can do it because you've been doing it for the last year and a half to pay off debt. So there's part of me mm-hmm. that's like, hey, that's really great. Then the other part of me, I'm, I'm just wondering, I'm not passing a judgment, but I feel like 60K is low for a nurse right now. Am I wrong? Am I right? Does it depend on the area? Uh, uh, definitely depends on the area. Right now, we're not actually in Daytona. They, they just, we just uh, said that because they asked for the closest major city. Right. Mm-hmm. It also depends on that. the type yeah. of nursing. What is she doing, and where is she doing? It? She is, um, she is a traveling nurse. Like she goes to the, she stays local, but she goes to the her uh, patients' homes and like she uh, geriatrics. She just checks okay. on them. Okay, and so, there, okay. So that's yeah. and again, I'm not a cra- I'm not an expert on this part, but I think the geriatric nursing nursing and kind of that local thing is is somewhat limiting. She has definite room to grow in her income. But the point here is what I think can happen, where in, especially in your area, I think you can live off of your income, 70, and I think you guys can put 60,000 on this debt every yeah. year, and I think you're out of debt in two year, in a year and a half, two I years. I agree. Daniel, how does that hit you? There's one more element to the, to, to the puzzle. What, is it your um, wife working extra overtime hours? No. It's not? No, we, no, we I just think it's going to be a hurdle. Uh, Oh, yeah, we just found out that she is eight weeks pregnant, so we're expecting another child. Oh. We already have a four-year-old. Okay, okay. okay. All right. So even more fuel under the fire. Yeah. Now, here's here's mm-hmm. here's where this turns this in a frustrating direction, possibly for you. I want mm-hmm. you, for until your wife has this baby, I want you to pause these efforts because mm-hmm. I want to make sure you stack up as much money as possible. Now, here's the thing, and I feel like I have to be very, very clear on this. You're pausing. You haven't even started a debt snowball yet. Mm-mm. But no. we were going to, We, if you hadn't told me about the baby, I would have said, okay, you're doing your debt snowball. You're living on, you know, the 70,000. You're throwing 60,000 a year at this thing. Um, mm-hmm. Because you, uh, what I want to clarify here and be really just hear me so clearly. So many times people call in, they've already started their debt snowball and they just want to know where to go next, but they're having a baby. So we tell them to pause the debt snowball in order to stack up money, we call it stork mode, stack up money until the baby comes, make sure you can pay you know, for all the costs associated with the baby. And then when the baby's home and healthy, you guys take whatever money is left, throw it on the debt and keep the debt snowball going. In your situation, Daniel, you're gonna have to be doubly diligent because you haven't even really gotten started yet. You haven't even really gotten on a budget yet and it could be very easy for you to just kind of lull back into your old ways coming off of this call. Cause you're like, well, I guess I can't start the baby steps yet. I can't really do anything. So until this baby's gone, so I it, don't do that. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Don't do it. I want you to stack up money as though you were going to put it on the debt How much? with equal intensity. What do you think the number is for him? I think they live off of his income. No, no, I know. But how much is he saving for stork mode? What do you think All that number it. is? I think he's not. He, I don't think he's touching his debt snowball. I understand. But what's he saving per month based on this? You're saying everything outside of their bills? Basically. Okay. Whatever right. he would have put on the debt snowball. Right. Okay. Whatever you would have put on okay, the debt good. snowball, you're saving it. Put it in a high yield savings account and... You know, everything goes well. You know, we're praying baby goes well, mama goes well, everything is good. And all you're on the hook for is your deductible, which is probably five or $7,000, whatever it is. And then all that extra money that you've been saving up over the course of these months, mm-hmm. when everybody comes home safely, you're throwing it at the debt. And it better be a lot. Yeah. Now that's mm-hmm. 130000 if you get in the truck. So, and she's yeah. got to work too. And here's the thing. Um, you have got to get in the budget. You've got to you got budget it. and save. Those are the two things that Jay's told you to do. Budget so that you can save, mm-hmm. and then you take on the debt snowball. But I'm going to tell you one other thing, brother. You've got to commit. No more debt on businesses. No more borrowing. No you more. guys, you took in way too much debt. Now, you can get out of this, but you're going to be gutting it out for a couple of years. That mm-hmm. means you're in the truck. Yeah. And when you you're not in the, the truck... truck you're clipping some hair, mm-hmm. and that's just how it goes mm-hmm. until you get out of this. And you can do it, my friend. Appreciate the call. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. Jade Warshaw joins me. The phone number, if you want to join us here on the conversation, is 888 5225. All right, now for our neighborly question of the day. It is neighborly, your hub for home services. Winter is rougher in some areas of the country than others, but there are things that make sense to do no matter where you live. That's why neighborly has a helpful winter checklist you can download for free. You can check it out at neighborly.com slash Ramsey. All righty. Today's question comes from Jillian in Delaware. How do I deal with incompetent workers, Ken? They're always making excuses or blaming someone else for not doing their job. The work that I do depends on them getting things turned in on time, and I have to chase them down every day. The boss doesn't seem to see what's going on. What can I do? Oh, boy. Okay, uh, this is a tough one in that um, their lack of diligence is affecting your ability to do your job so you have one way to take this and that's up Mm. um you said the boss doesn't seem to see what's going on if you were on the phone i could get a little bit more detail so i'm flying a bit blind but i would be going to the boss going hey i just i'm not playing tattletale i'm Mm. not griping i'm just telling you what i'm experiencing and i need you to weigh in and so then you describe so i'm supposed to do this abc but i can't do abc if this over here isn't being done, and so I need your help because it's affecting my ability to get the job done. Can you check into this, or is there something that – what can I do? That's the way you got to take this to them, and you're going to find out very quickly whether or not this leader gives a crap. That's uh, what I'm wondering. And and we're going to find out if, in fact, um, your coworker's lack of diligence really does affect you as much as you mm. think. I got a hunch – and Jade, this is why I love the question of the day, but it's so limiting because I can't dig. Yeah. But I just wonder if this person here, Jillian, who seems to be very diligent, I'd hire Jillian just, I would. I can okay. just tell because Jillian's going to get her job done. Okay. I think Jillian could be focused a little too much on what everyone else is doing because it's not up to her standard. 
and it's irritating more than it is limiting her. I could be wrong. Well, if her job depends on if it's kind of like a, a flow, then right? it is limiting. And and they're late on be. their deadlines. It may not be. We'll it see. can cause her to be late on her deadline. That I'm acknowledging. Like if I don't turn in my articles on I know. time, I get it. I'm but throwing what everybody I'm else is, off. It might be a situation where it's more irritating than limiting. And in that case, here's why I'm bringing this up because there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who can identify with this. In that case, you got to do your job. And you do your job really, really well. And it is going to then shine a light on everything else. Huh. And if that doesn't fix the situation, we're moving on. So let, let's role play. She th- can't let's role play solve this out. This. Let's role play this out. All right. Because you be the good. You be the leader. Okay. I'ma be Jillian. You be Jillian. You know, I just wanted to bring this to you. I'm not trying to be a tattletale. I'm not trying to, you know, tell on anybody. But I found it difficult to hit my deadlines. And here's what I'm finding is the challenge. Um, Michael, you know, I love Michael. He's great on the team, but he's consistently late in turning in his projects and it's causing me to be late or have to work harder to hit my deadlines. And I just, I wonder if there's something I can do to kind of make things run smoother or Mm -hmm. if this is something you've noticed. Have you talked to Michael about it? I haven't. I, I, you know, I, I wanted to bring it up because I didn't want to, you know, do you feel like if you talk to him about it, he might be defensive and it might not go so well is there a little bit of just kind of some emotional safety we want to practice here? you know i've, I've okay. emailed him sometimes and said right. hey i just want to check in i'm, I'm right. waiting for you to get this so i can start all right i need you to detail for me what specifically he isn't doing and how that's affecting your ability can you lay that out for me well yeah because i if he doesn't turn in his articles in time i'm right. late right and if right. i'm late right. then i'm looking right. bad and Unless I point back to him, right. it all falls on me. Right. So I don't always want to be saying, well, it was because of Michael. It was because of Michael. Got it. And do you have, can you give me three specific examples? Yes. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. <laughs> and so that's a good leader, by the way. I'm role playing the good leader. That's a great leader. And then the leader's going to go, all right, let me talk to Michael. Let me dig into it. And I'm going to get back to you. And I'm sorry that you're dealing with this frustration. That process is on me. So I need to figure out a solution. Stay tuned. That's what I want to hear. Now, that's that's, good. that's the good leader. But again, you know, we're role playing. And so if that's the response, great, wait. If it's not the response, start looking, handle your business mm. so that you can hopefully be able to control the perception of you if you leave. You Got don't want it. to become a thorn in that leader's side because that person, if it's an unhealthy leader, they can end up hurting you as you go to look for something else. So in that that's situation, good. you go, I can't fix it. I tried. Let me stay above the fray, protect my image, my personal brand at all costs. Mm-hmm, that good. would be the backside of it if it doesn't help. And a lot of times leaders aren't going to fix it, and that sucks. Let's go to mm. Belton in Richmond, Virginia. Belton, how can we help? Yes. Um, so uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, so I'm 32, mm-hmm. single, no kids, um, graduating this year with my PhD, and I need a new car. Um, so my question is, should I be – more, um, I'm sorry, the only debt that I have is my student loans. It's about 67K. How'd you forget um, about that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Um, and um, so I'm trying to figure out if I should be more modest with the car and um, do something under 20K, about 100,000 miles, or put a little bit more money into getting a newer car that will last longer. Well, um, how I much money do you have? K- I have about 10K saved, and I plan on my goal to save at least another 10 to 15K this year. I make 80 grand a year. Nice. Okay. Okay. Um, let me give you a couple. Of, I'm just going to give you a couple rules of thumb, and then I want to see how it jives with you. So okay. our rule of thumb is 
we don't buy brand new cars until we've have a millionaire net worth, a 1 million net worth. And the reason for that okay. is because new cars, brand new cars lose 60 to 70% of their value in the first three to four years really quickly. And most of us okay. can't afford to take that hit. Like we, we need that money. Like we want that money. So that's, that's the rule of thumb there. That's rule of thumb. Number one, second rule of thumb is we yeah. say, okay, if you say I'm going to buy a nice used car, we would say that it shouldn't be worth more than half of your yearly income. So in your case, it's just you, you're single. If you make 80,000, 40,000 would be your maximum limit. So that's number okay. one on a used car. Thing three is we suggest that you would pay off your debt, especially if you have a car that works and runs, that you would pay off your debt first before you even consider buying a, another car or a new car or used car. And then finally, mm -hmm. The kicker is, this is thing four, we would suggest that you pay cash for whatever you do get. So you've got four guidelines there. Um, I think the first one, we can tick off the box. Like I think we can both agree that you buying a brand new car right now is probably not a good idea. So we can tick that one yeah. off the list, and that which means we can agree. And I think we can both agree on the idea that 40% would be, or 40,000 would be the max, right? That's half of your income. So uh, if that... That's a little bit more than what I was thinking. Exactly. Yeah, so we're in agreement yeah. on that. Next thing is, can we agree that whatever you get, you, you pay cash for it? Okay. <laughs> I'm hitting the resistance. <laughs> I like it. I like it, Belton. Okay. So let's start with that. Let's agree that you pay cash because here's the thing. There's two thoughts to this because I, I, you're going to go off of here and do what you want to do. But the last thing, you know what it feels like to have $67,000 of debt. The last thing you need to do right. is go back into debt or add any debt to that, correct? Right, yeah. So let's solve the problem. The problem in your financial life right now is debt. And I always say, you because you're making a good income, you're getting the PhD, you're doing all the things right. But the, the glaring obvious problem here is that $67,000 of student loan debt that's standing out. I always tell people you can't solve a problem while simultaneously creating it. So if you want to solve this problem of debt, Belton, you've got to decide I don't borrow money anymore and I'm not going into debt anymore. And that includes the car. You said you've got 10,000 saved and you can maybe save another 10 or 15 more. That's $25,000. Where I come from, that's that's a decent bag. Like that's a nice car. Yeah, Belton, I'm going to jump in real quick. What what are you what what are you what are you hedging on? When she throws that at you and you're going, "I don't know. What's holding you up from going? I'm all in." I I, I guess the the I guess growing up is about like being that cash poor thing of like not having like like having cash in the bank versus like putting it but all it's not yours you don't have it's any. not yours as You're long as you poor. owe sixty seven thousand dollars you don't have any money yeah you still owe 57000 <laughs> You see what I'm saying? That's just basic math. So what I would suggest you do, keep $1,000 saved, pay off that 67000 as quickly as possible, save up cash and pay cash for a car. This is The Ramsey Show.